This time, whatever you want, we talk about. Six of the most valuable life lessons learned from movies. There are time codes down in the description. If you'd like to jump around at different points in the episode, we talk everything from Spider-Man to Grown Ups 2. Enjoy! Oh yeah. Welcome back to whatever you want, where we review content across all means of media. Movies, TV shows, video games, and beyond to give you the most interesting behind-the-scenes insights, storytelling techniques, all that jazz, and more. We go over everything from Disney, Marvel, DC. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Pre bada pre pre bada bada. All right, that felt better. We're back because remember last week you did it. <laughs> yeah, you messed it up last time. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't about mess that. it up. You said it, and then it just threw me off. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. throw me out I, of the I remember, bus there. No, no, I remember you messed up something one time. Maybe wow, it was... thanks, Daniel. What a great friend. I remember you <laughs> messed up something once to first kick it off the podcast. But no, it was like, no, wow. no, it was like just funny. Lift me up. Like it was. <laughs> no, no, I am. I'm just saying it was funny how how it came out. You know. It was a good moment. Okay. I'm not trying to rag on you. I'm just saying. Daniel's saying me coming out is funny. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Jeez. Uh, well, Daniel, we've on that note, we've got a lot of pre-banter to go over. A lot has happened in the past couple weeks. Would you like yeah. to jump into it? Yeah, sure. So this I, first I got, one. I heard some news, too. Yeah. This first one is uh, might not seem too relevant, but it's... Bob Iger, so remember, he was a former CEO of Disney, then retired, then the current CEO, Bob Chapek, like, got fired, and now Bob Iger's back, and he's, like, trying to make some changes, and a big change he just announced in a memo, he announced that Disney employees must return to the office four days a week starting March 1st, 2023, so, like, moving away from hybrid slash remote work, which is kind of huge, and I understand why, here, I can actually read the memo, I have it here. Yeah, yeah. So this is my Bob Iger impression. I don't know how he sounds. Bob Iger. <clears throat> Dear fellow... No. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just read normally. Dear fellow employees, Happy New Year. I hope you all found time to rest and recharge during the holidays. Since returning to Disney, I've been busy. Blah, 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 blah. All right, hold on. Let me actually just get to the important thing. This is a pretty long memo. Uh, he brags a bit for the seventh consecutive year. Walt Disney Studios was the number one studio at the box office. And last week, Avatar The Way of Water. That was a... 20th Century Fox picture, so now it's Disney, so he's bragging about mm-hmm. it. Became the si- highest, seventh highest grossing film of all time, and his success is only continuing to grow. Then he talks about some other braggy things, more bragging. Holy crap, he brags a lot. Uh, this whole paragraph's bragging. All right, he also said, so he brags for a while, like butters him up, and then he's like, I also, and he drops the hammer. I also want to let you know that as I've been meeting with teams throughout the company over the past few months, I've been reminded of the tremendous value in being together with the people you work with. As you've heard me say many times, creativity is the heart and soul of who we are and what we do at Disney. And in a creative business like ours, nothing can replace the ability to connect, observe, and create with peers that comes from being physically together, nor the opportunity to grow professionally by learning from leaders and mentors. It is my belief that working together more in person will benefit the company's creativity, culture, and our employees' careers. After that, he just says, like, starting March 1st, 2023, employees will be required to come in four days a week. It's targeting Monday through Thursday. So they still have the option, I guess, Friday to like work remote or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. they're, they're being forced to come in, which is nice, honestly. Like as a creative, it's, it's, and as somebody who's teaching over pandemic time, where it's like tough to like connect with, I mean, this is still like different because it's teaching, but like I was mm-hmm. teaching at an art school. So like you're teaching with creatives, you're trying to help with creative projects and connecting with people. I totally get it because it's yeah. so different being able to like not actually like it's better to be like in person be able to have those conversations and actually like connect with people it's so difficult trying to, to do it over zoom to, i think yeah i don't know if i've discussed this on the podcast but i definitely have talked about it before but i think like when we kind of had some subpar pixar disney movies recently i was like i wonder how much 
the the fact that everyone and this was like months ago the fact that everyone is not physically together being able to collab and bounce ideas off of each other is impacting like the potential that these movies can rise to like create creatively so i and I, it's cool that i was like i was thinking that way and now bob Iger is like also thinking that way so um i'm sure other people have been thinking that way too and i'm like yeah i'm thinking like bob Iger. but I, I i am genuinely curious and I'm, I'm wondering like if we'll see like a surging creativity in like two years once these the new slated movies like it's starting starts getting worked on when this change goes into effect if it sticks if that'll like rise i don't know yeah no, no i see what you're saying I, I feel like because it's going to be, I'm not going to say like surgeon creativity, but I feel like there's going to be a lot better output yeah. because of yeah, yeah. Uh, the communication boost. I but wonder, yeah. I think there's going to be growing pain. I, I imagine, I haven't seen any like Disney employee reaction, but like I imagine it's going to be tough going from getting so used to working from home, being with your family, and then having to just like uproot and go back to the old way. Because um, I know Disney's always kind of in the mindset of like push forward and like look forward never look back and this feels like a stepping back but it feels like a stepping back for like a good reason so that's kind of like a fine line that i think they have to to walk i don't think it's that just because you're going back to an old thing doesn't mean you're stepping backwards they're pushing forward and trying to change things to a system that allows That's exactly what for, I'm saying for better things. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, you're agreeing with me. But no, I'm saying I'm saying the mindset of how you're looking at it with with that comment. It doesn't make sense. I disagree because like it, they're looking back. Like they're it's technically going back to the old way of like pre-pandemic, no work from home, and that could theoretically like limit them and like uh, if they're have employees like all over the world. Like I don't know, um, but I understand like why they're doing that. Like it's they're trying to get back to the ways of like the still going forward, but of like creative collaboration, which is, I like support. I just wonder like how much people are going to resist that. And if that's going to cause any growing pains. And I also wonder if the industry, like other studios are going to follow that. Cause this is usually like a leading force in mm. trends. Cause they just have so much power. So I don't know. I, I'm not looking forward as someone who lives in LA. I'm not looking forward to March 1st because there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of more cars on the road because of disney <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't even think about that yeah you're gonna be <sighs> yeah literally all right well so i don't have to think about that let's move on to the next bit of news uh mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. golden globes happened like two weeks ago when this podcast oh. goes out yeah some i had no idea <laughs> oh well it's kind of getting to awards season there's some, been some cool things i think zendaya won for euphoria and i don't think she was there um it's really cool k hui kwan he was Short round. yeah he played I wrote shortstop here for some reason. <laughs> I think it auto-corrected. <laughs> and he was also the guy from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think he won yeah. like best supporting actor. And I just I've been seeing some interviews. I did from see. Him. I did. Yeah, I saw his uh, speech actually, dude. It was so hard. Yeah, he like, just like, seems like such a oh. genuine human being, like, and just excited to be in the industry and like just a kind soul. So like, I'm glad that, like he said. I mean, I'm sure you saw that he's like felt like Hollywood kind of cast him aside and there's no place for him acting anymore. And now like over 40 years later, he's back. And I'm just so glad that he's like, he has this opportunity and has snatched this opportunity to be back because yeah, I'm yeah. excited to see him in more things. Yeah, no, same. Like, like it's, it's, it's sad to see talents like that, have that kind of perspective to the, where they feel like that they, they can't yeah make something of themselves, especially like how, how he said it too, where he's like, I had this great experience as a child, and it's like I can't top this thing as a kid. Like that's that's like a terrible perspective, or just yeah. Imagine peaking. Yeah, he probably yeah. thought he like peaked when he was like ten, like that. Yeah, 
that's sad. So, but the fact that he's able to still keep on working and then uh, get to this point, it, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. He and, um, a bunch of actors were on like Hollywood reporter does like this round table thing where they just gather a bunch of random actors and talk to them about their experiences. And I started watching, I'm like a third of the way through him and he's there with Brendan Fraser who also kind of had a similar experience of like, after he was like hot, like hot stuff, young in Hollywood. Then he took like a very big break and is now kind of finding a like Brendan Fraser renaissance. So like they got to bond over that. And it was really cool. They had very unique perspectives, but were able to relate over that, which was cool. So definitely check yeah. it out if you're interested. Yeah, yeah, I think Austin Butler won for Elvis, which I think is well-deserved. I actually saw a unique perspective that I haven't considered. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I saw someone say that they th- they've seen all these like biopics of like um, like the Elvis one with Austin Butler, like uh, Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. and and they they're like, do you think we like elevate and raise our perception of this actor's performance? Like these actors are giving like such great performances, but do you think they're also helped? Like we're elevating the performance because we just admire the person they're playing so much. Like if they gave like a very similar crazy performance, but it was like on a biopic about me, like I haven't done anything crazy in life yet. So like, would that be as viewed as like exceptional as him playing Austin Butler playing Elvis kind of thing? Because that person is so larger than life that that's helping elevate the performance. I I never thought about it like that. And I think it's definitely possible, but I think people might, I know I don't like, I don't care about that per se. It's an art form. So it matters about how it's being portrayed. You can have somebody like, imagine if Rami Malek for, for, um, Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury, right? Imagine if he did that wrong. Like he wasn't able to capture that or really give that kind of character. Yeah, definitely. then that would have not done well. So it, at the end of the day, it depends on how it is portrayed. If they don't do, if yeah. The actors don't do a good job. Then it's the people are going to connect with it, and then that's it's going to do kind of. I'm not going to say vice versa, but it's going to be like, hey, I'm not going to. You're not living up to the legend status. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, I think I think both sides like could be. I I don't know if we've ever seen like a really bad biopic performance. So I guess we would have to if we ever saw that. Then maybe we could like judge that but i think yeah it could go either way you also got to think about too about like other characters pers- characters <laughs> say that what? like they're 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 like fiction. other people in but, their lives yeah but like not like movie stars or like uh you know singers or like that through history like like think of Dahmer recently right like somebody who's revered as somebody who's like terrible in life because of the actions that they've done how does that affect the actors and portrayal because i feel like there's mm-hmm. another stigma too there to where it's like Actors worry about playing certain characters yeah. because they're worried about how they'll be perceived. True. Uh, later on, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, that does bring up a point. Like, I feel like uh, when uh, Zac Efron played Ted Bundy, like he was kind of not praised for his performance, but like said he did like a a good job portraying the essence of Ted Bundy. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. I don't know. All cool stuff to think about in the industry and acting and human psychology. All right, next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was re- editing our Avatar 2 versus Post and Poots episode a while ago, and I realized mm-hmm. we've been talking about Avatar 2, the way of the water, the way of water for a while, and we had a missed opportunity to call it Avatar Wow, Avatar Way of Water, Avatar Wow. Like I feel like that would have been a, like such a shorthand way to say it. I mean, like really cool, Avatar Wow. <laughs> a wow. Yeah, a wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I think, I think that would be funny. <laughs> 
I think you also had some news you shared with me. Do you want to share that as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. I forgot I even said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phineas and Ferb is getting a, a two new series, uh, 20 episodes each. Two new seasons, um, not series. Two new seasons. Yeah. I'm so used <laughs> to freaking series being used nowadays. Um, but yeah, two new seasons, which is crazy. What do you think it's about just it? It's weird to see like that. Well, no, it's because I, I follow Dan Poppenmeyer on TikTok. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God. Like He's the creator of Phineas and Ferb and the voice of Doof and Schmertz for anyone that doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, more. Yeah. yeah. More. Well, I always wanted more. <laughs> I, I'm I'm like always slightly skeptical. Like I, I'm very excited. I love Phineas and Ferb. Don't get me wrong. I just like, I think things are beautiful because they're fleeting and like the end, there's a set amount. I I just hope they don't like ruin it. I feel like such an old cynic saying that, but like I love the original Phineas and Ferb, and I just worry that like after years, like they could like come back and like change things. But like, no, I I, I, I totally I'm agree. Genuinely optimistic though, and I hope and believe in Dan Poppenmeyer that like they will do great things. But yeah, I just I just worry because it was like such a fundamental part of my childhood and so good. So yeah, that's my I, only I, I don't I don't remember the finale movie, whatever. I don't really either. Did they I've get like old it? or something like that? Did I don't it take know. Place Maybe after that <laughs> or like in between. In between that's my pool? point i don't know dude like i'm assuming this could be back when they were kids but like i'm thinking about like how will that work with them continuing on like like in candace and jeremy whatever get together at the end oh, there I, and stuff like that i don't know actually that's the thing like i did love phineas and Ferb, but by the end i think i was kind of aging out and i didn't really yeah track. and also it was that this was in the age this feels makes me feel really old but this was at the time when like there wasn't streaming so like you just caught what you did on tv and if you didn't catch it yeah you didn't catch it <laughs> I feel yeah, no, so same. old like, saying that. There's, there's like, I feel like there's so many gaps of episodes I just don't. Same. We should do a Phineas and Ferb remember. episode. And where we like binge the whole series. Um, I'd be down for that. How many episodes and seasons are there? It started 2007, ended 2015. Oh my gosh. Holy that, guacamole. That pretty long. Four, it's four seasons. Dang. I don't want to rag on Dan because Dan's great. But here's why I think they're doing this. Because it's the 10-year anniversary of the Avengers Phineas and Ferb co- movie coming out, remember? <laughs> exactly! <laughs> well, no. The reason why I think they're doing this is because that new show uh, was Hansel ha- and Gretel. Hansel, ha- Hamster, ha- Hamster and Gretel. Hamster and Gretel. Yeah, that makes sense. That's like the, the whole gimmick, and, and I couldn't think of the first word. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't think it's, do you think like, it's doing, doing those great well. numbers. Because they also announced yeah. that he was getting like more episodes, like season two of that at the same time. So maybe it was to yeah. drum up hype for that. It could be. Maybe. So, I don't know. I don't know the numbers there, but I'm just saying, you know. That's one of my yeah, fears. Not, like, we're not the target audience with that, but, like, yeah. you know. That's, again, yeah, you no, know, that's 100% right. Like, I'm sure maybe Hamster and Gretel is, like, doing well with, like, the younger generation. But, like, I, I only know Dan Poppenmeyer from Fitties and Ferb, and that's totally fair. My fear as, like, a filmmaker and creative is that, like, I will have, like, one crazy one-hit wonder, and then I won't make anything after that and i will just get sucked into like be, just being t- like making spin-offs or like trying to clutch on to that magic moment that feeling of creating something so loved just once but i never get there again that's just like kind of that, i got really deep there that's kind of so, so, sort of like a deep fear i have but i'm, I'm working Why? to not have that because i want to make different stories that connect with people all the time i don't want to make just one that's like crazy good like i, I do i obviously want to make at least one but like i don't know i don't want to i feel like i'd be I feel like that's kind of very let me let me explain this, right? Because I don't want to bash on you. I feel like it's kind of a narcissistic uh, perspective. Okay, how come? And here's why. Because a lot of people don't even get their one-hit wonder. Yeah, I know. Well, that's 
I understand that. And yeah, I would be very appreciative if I even got one, but like if I get one, like I, I just, I think it's good to strive for more, you know? Yeah, no, Never I totally settle. agree. But at the end of the day, it's on you. It's yeah. Not, and the reason why I say it's narcissistic is because if you're clinging on to that one thing, it means it's your ego that you're focusing yeah, on. Yeah, and I'm saying I want to actively avoid that. So I want to yeah. avoid being narcissistic. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and that's good. That's a good thing. I thought sentiment. you were saying I was narcissistic for wanting more than one. And I was like, I don't know if that's really... No, no, no. No, like that's... Well, it's it's narcissistic to like I, to be wanting to focus on like... Uh, Sticking to that one, I guess this is what I'm trying, trying okay, to say. Okay, yeah, you know that's, I mean? what, that's what I want yeah, to yeah. avoid. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Next, in the in speaking of revivals, Zoe 101 is getting a revival movie. Oh, Jesus. I, this one I did hear about right before the face of Ferb. What? I think, honestly, <laughs> I'm actually here for this one. Like, I feel like enough time has passed that, like, it makes sense. Like, this, the freaking iCarly one. The iCarly one happened, like, I actually, I looked it up and I didn't realize it was this long. So iCarly was like mm-hmm. one of the first like Nickelodeon like revivals they did. And I felt like it was too soon. Like iCarly ended, I looked it up, it ended 2012. I thought it was later than that, but it ended 2012 and the revival came in 2021. So it was like nine years later, almost a decade later, which mm-hmm. I guess is about a good time to do a revival. I thought they maybe could have waited a little longer. So, mm-hmm. um, but this one, people I feel like have been asking for a Zoe 101 re- reboot for a while. And it also ended in 2008. So it's been 15 years since Zoe 101 ended. So, so it's a reboot, so it's not the same cast. No, no, it's a revival. Like it's, it's a revival. It's okay. coming. It's all the the same cast. Hold on, I have so the article Zoe's... here. Zoe's, it's Zoe 102. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it's what? Zoe being like a mob now? Or oh, something? wait, actually, Zoe 102 is the working title of it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a genius. What do you say? <laughs> well, no, because, okay, didn't the original show end because she got pregnant from like one of the other dudes? I think well, she's I don't know. I honestly don't know. And that, then, that was Daniel. That was again 2008. I was not looking into like Zoe 101 pregnancy drama when I was nine years old. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, they're bringing back Jamie Lynn Spears as Zoe Brooks, Aaron Sanders mm-hmm. as Quinn, uh, Sean Flynn as Chase, Matthew Underwood as Logan. Yeah, they they bring back the original cast, and it's I guess taking place I guess 15 years after the original. So they'll be like middle-aged adults i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know how that's gonna work how are they out gonna, is it like a re- maybe it's like oh it's a reunion or teachers something now they're all teachers at the same school and they all st- like they all individually like sign up or somehow become teachers and just show up on the first day and they're like in the pod <laughs> what are you doing here yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i wonder if victoria justice will be back anyways she was in that yeah she was, I think, Lola. I haven't. I'm not gonna lie. I really, Zoe 101 was like one of those shows that was like I'll I would catch every now and then. Yeah, same. But like, it wasn't like I I watched it. It, was, watched it wasn't it. no. It was no Drake and Josh, you know. It wasn't no Ned's Declassified. <laughs> yeah, I think they just started a podcast. Actually, the the original three from really. There. Yeah, it's like Ned's huh. Declassified podcast. Ned's Classified, Unclassified. It's something, something. Like Ned's. Let me look it up. Ned's Declassified Adulting Survival Guide. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, cool. I feel like we've been doing pre-banter for a good bit. Wait, yeah, yeah I have one more pre-banter. Uh, apparently, John Williams... It, well, we kind of have a shorter main segment-ish, so I figured yeah, we true, could just do some true. more pre-banter. But uh, apparently, John Williams is not retiring after Indiana Jones 5. That was his, his original plan was to retire after Indiana Jones 5. Yeah, let's go! Yeah, that's actually super hype. I think I saw somewhere... I don't know if this was a quote from him or just a quote that someone like some kid was like this is deep it was like if you love something then you never let it go or like you you always keep doing it or lives with you forever or something so like yeah 
I'm excited. I don't know what he'll do next, but cool. That's awesome. All right. Ready for the Here's, main segment. Oh, sorry. No, I, I have one thing. No, Remember no main segment. Oh, okay. It's, it's really quick. It's oh, I thought, I thought... Oh, gosh. Apparently, he remarried. What? I saw a thing on Drama Alert where okay. he apparently married this, like, designer girl that looks just like Kim, but, like, younger. Oh, Kim. I thought you said him. I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye oh, married a clone. narcissist. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. All right. Uh, Interesting. Well... I'm not even. That gonna... was it. I just saw that like okay. last night. I was like, okay, he's back and he's doing. Let, that, are you so. ready to 180 and talk about the six most valuable movie life lessons? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of life lessons in that. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So we're in the main <laughs> segment. Uh, yeah. So yeah, basically, we're gonna go through and just talk about just like some life lessons we've learned from movies that are kind of like stuck with us past the movie and like throughout the years in in our lives. And uh, this might. Not be like the sixth top of all time, even though I have said no, that in the title. No, no, no. But like, yeah, maybe we if you because there's just so many. I mean, every movie kind of has like a moral and like lesson at well, the end of it. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> if if you guys like this concept, we can do more. Let us know in the comments if we've missed any. Uh, do you mind if I go first? Yeah, I was gonna ask who you want to go first. So yeah, go ahead. All right, take the lead. My number one for mo- valuable life le- movie lessons is just any Master Uguay quote, honestly. <laughs> I wanted to go first because I figured, I was like, you might have this, but I really want to talk no, 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 about no. this. All right. Um, I actually, like, Googled, because there was one quote that I really want to talk about, but I Googled, like, uh, Master Uguay quotes, and, like, there was the top choice was from MindsetOpia.com, and it was, like, the top mm-hmm. 20 Master Uguay quotes. <laughs> I'm not going to write them all, but... The one I wanted to talk about that stuck with me that I immediately thought about when we came up with this concept was uh, this is uh, the first part is a little odd, but it's uh, uh, he says, quit, don't quit. Noodles, don't noodles. You are too concerned with what was and what will be. There's a saying and here it is. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That is why it is called the present. And like when I, all right, when I was a kid, that stuck with me because I was like, oh, wordplay, like gift and present, that's cool. <laughs> and because it like was so catchy, it like stuck with me. And then as I like got a little older and it kind of sat with me and I started thinking about it, I was like, holy crap, that's like, like such, so wise. Uh, yeah, such a yeah. good <laughs> nugget of life, uh, like wisdom. Like I, mm-hmm. something I've personally struggled with throughout life and I'm working on is, uh, just again, like he said, not worrying about the past because you can't change it, or worrying about the future because it doesn't it hasn't happened help you yet. to worry about it. I'll just yeah. like living in the moment and being present with like friends and family. It's just like a happier way to live. I have felt like yeah, um, yeah, like you. I mean, again, don't get me wrong. You don't want to forget the past. You want to take those le- life lessons, learn from them, and move forward. But just don't live in the past, like revel in it. And same with the future. You want to think about the future and set yourself up for. A successful future but you don't want to worry about it too much so you don't do any action in the present or live in the present that will set you up for a worse future you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. dude i just ha ah. so i also was thinking like as i was writing this down and i just want to do like a deep dive analysis into master Uwe and all the kung fu character kung fu panda characters because i was just thinking i was like holy crap like the fact that Uwe is the most powerful character in like kung fu panda is insane but he's also a turtle like the fact like often an animal that's overlooked for being like slow and kind of sluggish but he's like the most Mm -hmm. powerful one like he is it's inspiring because he's like taking the cards he's dealt in life and that doesn't make or break him he's worked around that struggle of like being a slow animal and somehow still become the master of all like kung fu 
And I literally thought that, and then I looked at his one of his quotes on his list, and it said, "It matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be." And I was like, "Holy crap!" Even that, like, is at his core in his character design, and the fact that like the, the directors and creatives like decided to do that is so cool. Because like, think if if Uwe was like a lion, that would still be sick, but that wouldn't hit as hard because he hasn't dealt with that mm-hmm. in his past. Oh my god! Like, just so so many levels, man. <laughs> I love that. I was like just geeking You're like out I wish about I this. had Master Ugwe in my life, you know? I wish I had him as like a mentor. Yeah. That'd be kind of weird though if you think about it. Like if you like turn around a corner and there's just like a giant turtle like talking to you. Or maybe the the TMNT. Uh, well yeah, it'd be like that, honestly. But no, imagine this. What if Kung Fu Panda scales? So like So he's just well, like again, a he had, seven. He and Power the same size. <laughs> yeah, true. So he's like the size of a panda. Well no, I was saying so like imagine if he's like like small. Oh. Well, then, then again, there are big turtles, so maybe yeah. he's one of the big boys. He's like a lion turtle size. What yeah. if all the ma- what if all the kung fu panda characters are just like Godzilla size, but there's nothing to reference, <laughs> like no humans around to reference? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of freaky. But yeah. That'd be a lot. All right, that was my number one. Do you have any like thoughts on on that? No, I think Uguay that's very knowledge? insightful. I think. I- I mean, Uruguay, you can't go wrong with Uruguay, yeah. man. He, he, he is literally, like, the mentor. I mean, that's Such just, a well-written character. Yeah. For me, I went back to childhood roots. Okay. I want you to take a guess at what you think mine is after that comic, because you know where, where I lie with a lot of that stuff. Uh, childhood, yeah. like, is it holes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a good one, but no. Yeah, there's some life lessons in there, I feel like. No, I'm going to back to... The tank? Uh, Toby's oh my oh. God. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Spider-Man 1 oh. and the reason I picked Spider-Man 1 is because I felt like this one out of his trilogy had like the biggest emphasis on like him learning from his mistakes and also like how to try to protect people and at the very end when he tells Mary Jane like I'll always be there for you mm-hmm. but I can't offer you anything more the, like the lesson with him being able to understand like again great power great responsibility but he also, like, sacrifice. learning to sacrifice for yeah. the greater good. That's um, a good one. And that, I don't know, just thinking about that, like, in life, that kind of always just stuck with me. Like, like understanding, like, like there's going to be times where you do need to give things up, you know? And it you'll have to just accept that and be okay with that. That's very noble. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one, honestly. Yeah, I, I think Spider-Man is such an interesting character because of exactly that reason. Like, he gives and he gives so much of himself to, for the greater good. Yeah almost all the time like does not expect anything in return and it's so frustrating because you just want to see him win and get something but he is such a kind noble person that he just keeps sacrificing because it's the right thing to do and that's what uncle ben taught him so yeah that's that's a great one yeah i mean again it's spider-man so it's hard to like not yeah take from that that's kind of like this whole thing but i thought it was important to bring up yeah definitely uh you ready for my number two yeah, what's your number two? My number two is, so it's kind of a joke one, but it is serious. Like, Grown Ups 2. We talked about it last week <laughs> uh, with, like, how Adam Sandler picks up women. And, and like, mm-hmm. uh, and like just hear me out, though, because this isn't, like, the life lesson I learned is how to pick up women. But, like, so Adam Sandler in Grown Ups 2 talks to his kid, and he's, like, his kid's, like, how did you, like, pick up mom? Like, you're so fugly. And Adam Sandler's, like, there's a secret, us, like, Adam sandler kids do or like whatever his name in the movie is not adam sandler kids yeah uh, <laughs> that'd be funny if he was like this is what adam sandler does uh, no but he says so yeah number one you tell a joke and make them smile number two compliment their smile number three immediately ask them out to go out that night so they don't have a chance to like back out of it because they realize how fugly you are <laughs> and say no 
And like, as funny as that is, it kind of made me realize in that moment, because this came out when I was like 14-ish, which is like the prime age when like we start like young men start getting interested in women you know and Mm -hmm. i think at that point i was kind of like not scared of talking to girls but just like obviously had anxiety about it and i think this like fun comedy moment just made me realize oh like talking to girls doesn't have to be like this super anxiety inducing crazy experience like it it can be like fun it's supposed to be like you're, you're young and just like talking to girls like it's just like a fun thing obviously respect them and everything but like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to get super anxious and built up and worry like tighten your chest about it and i think that whole interaction made me realize that and i was like oh okay i can be like more confident and just have fun with this and and i think that was an important thing that i kind of realized from that you know and you've been a stud ever since i don't know i don't go that far (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay here's the thing though because i feel like adam sandler like he he has that you know that philosophy in grown-ups too no, that was Grown Ups. That was Grown Ups too. Because he talks about it. Was it Grown Ups too? Yeah, because his son's older and he goes asks out the girl w- at the ice cream shop and then she comes to the party. Yes, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah Trust yeah, me, yeah. I know my Grown Ups did. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. I feel like he has his own like Adam, actual Adam Sandler way of doing things. Like even when he has his wife. But he's always married in the movies yeah. to some like smoking mama. Yeah, I know. So I'm just like... His actual philosophy is, I'm going to go and make my own... Be super successful. Yeah, make my own movies and just hire the most beautiful women. the actresses that are beautiful to be my wife in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not a bad plan, you know? That's the new life philosophy I've learned from Grown Ups, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, my number two. Yeah. It is about a sad, sad... Character. Oh, this is a flip. Wow, from Grown Ups 2. <laughs> John Wick. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, because I feel like... I th- Never let your dog out of your sight. Yeah, literally. Like, no, that's not it. But, like, I don't know. He's he's His character has always been, like, like super action. And, like, he's getting back into the game, you know? But, like, he's a very tragic character because his, his wife died and then his dog is murdered by some mafia members. And, like... From just a regular person's perspective, like, what would you do? You just kind of, like, go on and live life. But his life was filled with killing people and, like, being an assassin and doing all this crazy stuff. So the life lesson I wanted to get out of this one was sometimes you got to deal with your stuff. Okay. He does it in a way that's, like, very, obviously, hands-on, hence the movies. Uh-huh. But... At the end of the day, I feel like there's multiple ways to look at that. So like, right? don't so, like, like just build up and internalize it. Is what yeah, you're don't turn like yeah, don't internalize it. Now in okay. this case, it wasn't really something he was internalized. I mean, his wife died, and like, and his do- like that's a lot to like deal with, uh-huh. even for like as for anybody. Yeah, but, like moving on to like the future movies and so on. It's something. There's different ways to deal with stuff. Again, you can face it head on, like how he does, and that's dealing with it in a way. Sometimes that that is a good way to cope and and confront problems that you're facing in life. But other times, you need to go and confront it mentally too, and conquer your like mental, emotional demons as well. So I felt like that's just kind of like a more like philosophy, yeah, of John Wick. But I wanted to also just I felt like it was important to bring up because I I, a lot of times people don't confront their problems like that, and I think it's an important note to to learn from. So you can move past it. Like if you never confront it, it'll just kind of. I don't know. It'll always just be biting at yeah. you. You'll never, you'll never progress or grow yeah. or change. And I think, I think also something you can take away from John Wick is to like try to, t- to like deal with it in a healthy way. Like maybe John Wick doesn't do it <laughs> in the most healthy way, but we should strive to do it in a healthy way. Healthy yeah. way, you know, healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, any other thoughts on your yeah. second one before we move on to our third ones? No, no, no. Go ahead. This one is actually so this third one is the one that I the reason I came up with this idea. So I was thinking about this quote. I've this is one that has stuck with me for like a while. And it's not even from like a great crazy movie. I think it's actually a pretty kind of forgettable movie. But like, no offense to the people that worked in this movie, but it's called the movie's We Bought a Zoo, and it's with it's a Matt Damon movie where like he yeah. and his family like. Uh, I think he's like a, like a normal family. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if he has like a midlife crisis. I actually don't even remember much of the plot. I haven't seen it in a while, but like mm-hmm. they like buy a zoo and then like start running a zoo. And I think it like ends up bringing the family like closer together. But the key thing I want to take away is he's, uh, he's sitting with his kids at like this diner and it ends up being the diner that I think he met his wife at, uh, like when they first met and he was telling the story of how they met and he, he drops this philosophy of like 20 seconds of confidence is all it takes to change your life. And I was like, whoa. And the example he gives is like he was walking down the street like years and years ago um, mm-hmm. and saw the, his future wife then, like this beautiful mm-hmm. woman they had never met before inside this diner. And he was like, holy crap, like she is so gorgeous. Like I would love to just talk to her and get to know her, maybe take her out. And then he started thinking like all the doubts are getting to him. Like, ah, oh, she would never go out with me. Like she's so beautiful. Like why even bother? Like I would just get rejected. And like he was like, no, like. I'm just going to go do this. And like he built up again, all it took was 20 seconds. He was like, I'm going to do this. Dedicated it, walked inside, said hello, was very friendly and asked her out. She said yes. And then like the rest is history. And then there's like, I'm pretty sure there's like other instances of that, like throughout the movie where like 20 seconds of confidence helps him like close business deals and do all sorts of stuff. And and then I don't know if like, I think 20 seconds of confidence can definitely change your life. But I think it's just the act of like what that means is like, oh, just break it down into like baby steps. Like if you just do 20 seconds of confidence and like, um, ask out this girl that could lead to like so- something incredible that you would never even experience if you didn't even try. And, and just like the act yeah. of like, it's not that scary if you just break it down. It's just 20 seconds of confidence. And then what's the worst that, that can happen? Like that's it. 20 seconds, then it's over. So just that breaking it down, I think is like really impactful. It's, it's good. Sorry. I started laughing because I, I instantly imagine like the memes where it's like, oh, what's the worst you can say? No. And then there's like cuts to her just like ragging on the guy. Oh, She's like, ew, you're so, you're so <laughs> ugly. Like why would I even go out with well, you? you? You have some straggly hair and you're just so Even if that ugly, happens, then like, you know that, that she wasn't the girl <laughs> for you, you know? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the 20 seconds of confidence. I talk about that actually with my friend who I'm going to remain anonymous for now all the time. And and like I'm keeping him anonymous because we literally he's actually about to propose to his girlfriend. And I don't know if it's happened yet. So I don't want to like ruin the surprise in case this goes out before that. But um, and and like we talk about this all the time. Like we had late nights. uh, We would talk about this and just about like how in life we could use this um, when we're feeling like not confident just to use it just to like take that initial 20 seconds quick baby step and get started um he's proposing to his, to his girlfriend i was like hey man 20 seconds of confidence and we hadn't talked about it for a while and he was like oh 100 dude i completely forgot about that but i will definitely be thinking about that when i do it like i'm excited thanks and i was just like yeah like it's just a cool little thing we have um so yeah i really That's like cool. that piece of advice and that is my last one what about you my last one i can't i, I don't know why but i went like kind of like melancholy ish for this one we're finding nemo <laughs> oh <laughs> Just keep swimming. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, just don't lose your son. Otherwise, you're oh going on a gosh. huge adventure and wow. I have to try to find him. <laughs> That's so, like, specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice, though, right? Was don't that actually your, your third son. one? Don't lose your son. Yeah. I yeah, think, literally. I think from Nemo, you can take away, don't just keep swimming. Like, just keep pushing forward. Yeah, no, that, that, that was a good one. <laughs> 
Yeah. Was that it? That was all yeah, you. I, that, that was it. That was it. I was just like, I want something to kind of just Don't be like short and funny. Son. That's why I did Don't number two because I knew <laughs> your last one. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. I had, again, please everyone comment other valuable life lessons we've missed from other movies because there's so many great movie life lessons. That's what I love about movies. Yeah. There's like a moral lesson you take away from it that resonates with you. Yeah. Let us know. All right. Ready to jump into the next segment? Yes. I tried to say next, but was thinking main, like out of the main segment. So I yeah, was like, yeah, main yeah. segment. Main. <laughs> uh, so yeah, quirky queries. You said you had one this week, right? Yes. So when you texted me, this is actually what generated wait, it. Wait, like- sorry. For in case people don't know, sorry. Uh, this is just like a segment where like we just ask a completely random question. Doesn't yeah. have to do anything with the episode. Sorry. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah. So you texted me like, hey, why don't we do like nuggets of uh, oh my wisdom? Uh-huh. from uh, different movies. I'm like, okay, okay. Nuggets. I wanted to ask you... What my favorite type of chicken... Favorite way to consume chicken is... Sorry, I don't know. Well, no, <laughs> like, where's your favorite chicken nuggets from? Like, fast food oh, or, like, any other place? Oh, my gosh. Dude, I am not gonna lie. I'm not a huge chicken nugget guy. Like, I don't know. I think I just got burned too many times at McDonald's, and I was like, this is just not good. And then I started just having, like, chicken fingers and chicken wings i was like this is just so much better like why would i go for chicken nuggets it just feels like artificial maybe it's just because i've been eating artificial ones okay maybe we should expand the question to nuggets slash tenders oh slash tenders which, which is hard to compete because like come on nuggets and tenders are not the same yeah thing. no i think i could go to like nuggets. chick-fil-a i can i can and then like yeah i think yeah. honestly i was gonna say i think chick-fil-a might be where I would, if I had to get nuggets, and I like, I would probably go to seek out a Chick Fil A. Really? I think so. Just because I, I just can't see myself doing Burger King or McDonald's. Like, just McDonald's I, is like yeah, bottom I, I, tier for me. Really? I listen. I don't know. McDonald's, like, it's it's fake meat, but like, yeah. <laughs> for me, growing up, it was like a foundation of my diet. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> So those nuggies, man, like they're they're so bad, but I'm just like I don't know, ingrained to eating them now. Oh, no, that's I why? <laughs> uh, not nah, to me. I, I love them, dude. I love them so much. And the thing is, too, they mess with my gut. Like they just make you wow. Feel you're really bad. selling me on it. <laughs> they're but fake like, meat. I don't know what gut. it is. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's why I kind of also went to um like recently Wendy's nuggets because they kind of same, but they are better. And they're they're they don't mess with your Wendy's gut. Wendy's nuts. <laughs> I w- I'm I'm hesitant to say Chick Fil A, and here's why. Chick Fil A, honestly, like they, but they the but the sauce, most, like oh yeah, dude, the sauce, the sauce with the nuggies. But that's the thing. We're talking about just the nuggies. We're not talking about like sauce and nuggies. No, but it's a nuggy experience. Like I'm not gonna eat but just the chicken sauce nuggets on my on own. Other if I'm just eating chicken nuggets on my own, nothing. I'm not gonna eat chicken nuggets with no sauce. I'm I'm incorporating the really? sauces at the places. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge. I no, blah. I need sauce for ch- my chicken nuggets. I, I usually just raw you dog, raw dog and chicken nuggets. nuggets over here. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I trust no no. Wendy's but if it's Chick Fil A, I'll use the sauce. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, but if it's like McDonald's, like I don't the nuggets use sauce. are a vessel to get the sauce into my mouth. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I do that more with tenders, honestly. The nu- what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like like if it's like chicken tenders or something like that, then I'll use ketchup or something like that. You know. The sauce is the main thing. The, the nuggies are just a vehicle to get that. No, no, no. no. The no, sauce no. is... It depends on the sauce. Yeah. It totally depends on the sauce. Um, I'm getting lost in the like sauce Chick-fil-A right now. Sauce. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> it's like... I agree with that sentiment with Chick-fil-A sauce. If it's something like ketchup, like ch- ketchup is just like a nice little, you know... Pizzazz. On top of pizzazz. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, but that's interesting. 
So I never knew that you weren't your like anti nuggy. I'm nah, dude. I that I even I don't even like boneless wings that much because I'm like it's just chicken nuggets and like why would I eat chicken nuggets if I can just get like bone in wings? I don't know. I don't know. I I need to I I need to sort out my chicken thoughts. I think you do honestly. Yeah. You know what? Maybe it stems from when I was a kid or when mm-hmm. I was younger. I would go on this five point three mile running route. And I would always mm-hmm. pass this farm, and there was this rooster that outside oh with a, like, a bunch of chickens, and the rooster would always like <laughs> c- call at me to like assert his dominance. I'm like, bro, I'm not approaching your your chicks over there. You don't have to worry. I'm not approaching your hens, your ladies over there. Um, but maybe that like instilled some base level like I will not have chicken nuggets ever thing. I don't know, but I do I mean, like regular had, he- chicken, so. <laughs> He uh, had the twenty seconds of confidence. Whatever you yeah, came around, yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, man, slip off, you know, don't touch my hands." Dude, I bet that the rooster got laid so hard when he when it because it looked like I just ran away because I was running. So he was like, <laughs> "I successfully defended the coop right here." And you know that's what? Such a weird perspective to think about. Actually, you know how many times that must happen, dude. That's this plot of Chicken Run Two. It's me running by and then the chicken asserting his dominance. <laughs> Guess we'll see this oh year. Oh my god. Right. Yeah, no. So, did you answer the question? Or are you just gonna check? I say Chick uh, Fil A. I don't know where else can you get chicken don't nuggets say chicken from. Chicken Fil A. That's that's. Like I said Chick Fil A. I said Chick Fil A. No, you said Chicken Fil A. No, I didn't. I said chicken from Chick Fil A. But okay. Oh, I heard. I should have heard just Chicken <laughs> Fil A, and I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not that crazy. Best um, chicken nuggets. For me, I don't know. That's tough. You said that Wendy's, is really tough. Well, no, I was saying okay. Wendy's is universal. I feel like it's like the average middle ground. Between, Ooh, like, taste and then, like, Sonic. shape and, like... Oh, I haven't had I haven't Sonic either. in so long. KFC? Popcorn no. nuggets? Wendy's is number no. six on this list. McDonald's is number four. Oh, I don't trust this list anymore. Oh, number three is Chick-fil-A. No. Popeye's. What's number one? Arby's. Premium Ooh. chicken nuggets. What? I've never oh had my that. God. What? I just turned into the muscle man because of that. Oh, my God. All right. I will say Chick-fil-A with you, actually. I, oh, what? You were just getting robbed. Like bagged on me. And no, 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 because like, because I'm thinking, no, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of it sauce. like this now, right? <laughs> if they, if they're all together in like a like a little chain or something like that, we want a Chick Fil A. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so all yeah. right. They're known for chicken. Yeah, all right. Wait for Although t- Pop Popeyes, Popeyes chicken sandwich, but that's, that's different. different. Are you ready for a TTTT? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, hold on, hold on. Um, I don't want Popeyes, man. What's just more Popeyes near us? There's only one over in like Harrisburg. Which, by the way, a farm show's going on right now. Yeah, you should go. Get the milkshakes. What's your favorite farm show milkshake? They bring all the boys to the yard. There's a, there's uh, like a. I'm a, I'm a classic chocolate. Yeah, guy. chocolate's good. There, for anyone that doesn't know, there's such a local reference. Actually, wait, no, vanilla, dude, vanilla. Nah, the vanilla dude, one of the farm a, show. I hate vanilla anything. But for those who don't know, really, farm show complex. Farm show is like this, the most central PA thing ever. But like every January, like. There's just a huge convention in Harrisburg, and it's just a bunch of like farmers bringing like tractors and and, and like just. I like gear. the butter sculpture. Yeah, they have like a giant. The centerpiece is a giant sculpture made of carved of butter, and there's like yeah, animals like, all swallow. around, uh, and just like tons of farming. It literally smells yeah. like shit everywhere. It's amazing. Minus where the milkshakes are, uh, and you just get to eat food. And we graduated with animals. in that complex. We graduated from high school in the farm show. Complex. Yeah, yeah. That just should, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. We've we've gone <laughs> we're beyond that now. All right, you ready for TTTT? Yeah, yeah, what we got? Did you know that K Hui Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once and Indiana Jones worked on X Men? Really? When did he do that? Yeah. So after 
after he rapped on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the Goonies, mm-hmm. he really wanted to keep acting, like we mentioned earlier, but never booked any more gigs because Hollywood wasn't looking for young Asian actors in the 80s and 90s. So mm-hmm. he decided he needed to get a job other than acting, but he still really wanted to be involved with films. So he went mm-hmm. to film school to learn how to work behind the scenes, behind the camera. After graduating, he was hired to work on the original X-Men movie as an assistant fight choreographer and a translator. And it's awesome. Yeah, over 20 years later, those fight choreography skills helped him land his breakout role to get back into acting and everything everywhere all at once. Because that required like a lot of... Yeah, dude, that action. is dope to yeah. think about. Yeah. So I, I, again, I love that he's getting that resurgence right now. He genuinely seems just like such a kind human being. And has so much love for the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to mess around with short round. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Ready for the draft. Yes. Yes. yes, yes so yes, yes. because we just did like um, valuable movie life lessons, we're going to do a draft on feel good movies. Here's the thing with these drafts, man. I always feel like I come in like not knowing. Not and then prepared, I'm just like, you know, I tell you about it to prepare. <laughs> did you tell me this one, though? I did. The word... When? Yesterday. I said... Can we do best advice time in a day? slash nuggets of wisdom learned from movies? We'll each prep three quotes or just life lessons learned from movies and share, discuss them with one another. And for the draft, best feel good movies. Nice. Oh, it was at the end of that one. Yes. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I, when did you send that? I was like, wasn't it like early in the morning? Don't spoil my sleep schedule. That's, yeah, that's early 1 p.m. my time, which is 4 p.m. you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, but I was up then. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> Um, All right, so you're first for feel good movies for the draft. Oh, oh goodness, oh golly, my number one, School of Rock. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. I did see that when I was looking up the list. That's a good one. You know, Jack Black. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, what makes, what's a feel good about it for you? I don't know. I just I always vibe with it. Becoming like a teacher kind of like changes your perspective of it too. Yeah, you're just like, oh, so like you can't kind of just go the in there and teach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no no no. yeah just helping helping kids out and helping them see their potential is always cool my number one is goodwill hunting dude it's so good like freaking robin williams is fantastic in this and drops again so many nuggets of wisdom it's it's Mm -hmm. also just a great coming to age slash coming to your potential story for like matt damon also inspiring because it was like matt damon and ben affleck's the kind of like first movie uh Mm -hmm. that like broke out so yeah I, i really like that one Nice. What about you? Number two. Oh, man. There's two I could choose between. I don't want you to have either one. <laughs> I'm going to Thanks. take Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. That's like a comedy. Yeah, it's like feel good. Like, just kind of like a it's on the list. boy having an adventure. Yeah, yeah, It's just very funny. And, like, I, I, all the different characters kind of, like, coming to learn, like, what they're capable of. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I also like the theories with it, too. With its, um... Okay, I'm blanking on his name. The, not, not Ferris... Ferris's friend. Oh, there's like theories about like it all be from his perspective because he's sick. So he's like really just like dreaming the whole thing. Yeah, Cameron. I knew it was someone with a C. Um, I was like thinking Cody. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I forgot Charlie Sheen was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, dude. That- <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, that, that's why that's my pick. Uh, my number two, I've got The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. This is just, I feel like a, a feel good movie. It's about like traveling and escaping the day-to-day of life, exploring the world. And just like, again, like we were talking about earlier with Master Ugwe, like feel, enjoying the present and being in the moment. And as yeah. like a young yeah, yeah. 20s guy, that resonates with me. So I got to include that. I feel good after watching yeah. that. Okay. I like that. I like that. I'm going to say Forrest Gump 4K. 
No. <laughs> I don't know why he's on, why he says for K over you, but like <laughs> that's like literally in the title. That was my that um, was on my list. Yep. But yeah. it's Forrest Gump, dude. Like you can't it's a not feel say, good. I know. Uh, it like it hits you in your heart. And I and we, I you, love running movies. Makes you really look at life. It's, it's like the best running movie. Yeah. It's just a story, and like he's so pure, especially at the end when he's like. Oh my gosh, at the, I'm so mad you got this at the end when he's like, is he like me to his son? I'm like, oh my gosh, like he knows. Uh, dang it. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I am glad I got this next one though. Chef. Mm-hmm. This is one that was kind of a sleeper that I'm, oh, that dude. I'm really glad I got. It's the John oh. Favreau. John Favreau, my boy. Yeah. As I always dude, say. That is a good movie. Yeah. It just captures the raw emotional essence of cooking and also just like discovering your passion. And it presents it so well that, like, in a, it presents it in a way that, like, you can appreciate the craft of being a chef, even if you're not a chef and don't understand everything fully. Like, the way it's shot yeah. is, like, so fundamentally beautiful. And the beauty, beauty in the food cinematography and just the great story following your passion, like I said, yeah, I, I love this movie. That's a good one. That's a good one. I remember when I saw it for the first time, and it, like, it, it hits different. It yeah. really just does hit different. I'm going to say... The Blind Side. Okay. I'm not a really big football guy, but even as somebody who doesn't like appreciate yeah. sports like that, like just the story and the I really the way like these people like, like that. yeah supported Maybe. each other. Like it was it was really nice to see. I think uh, that kind of goes along the lines of like Chef. Like I, I really like movies that like I'm not super involved in the world of like cooking or like football, but when a movie's so good that it wraps me into mm-hmm. the story and I do care about this the characters. I love that, and and it like gives me yeah. a, like a, a like a peek into that world, even though I'm not super invested in that world. And I want to create stories that like or like see stories at least that like also do that for other provide windows. Yeah, other professions. Be, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I totally agree, and I I like that as well. So that's a good choice. Yeah. My next one, I'm gonna say Hitch. So this is again kind of a comedy. It's mm. like I know Will Smith's in Hot Water since last year's Oscars. But I just really like this movie. Like, this is one that my mom and I watch together and have bonded over all the time. Mm-hmm. So this might be a more of a personal reason why it's like a feel-good movie. But we just like really like it. It's kind of like a nice rom-com uh, that my mom and I like watching. And like the whole dance scene. So with Kevin James, it's really funny. So I just like watching that movie. Yeah, I, I was scrolling down and then because I kind of got through like all the, the basic ones. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like feel-good's kind of like a wide genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? A lot of things can be feel-good. But I went down to Par- specifically just Paramount feel good movies. Okay. And uh, dude, I totally forgot forgot about uh, Coming to America. Oh. With Eddie Murphy. Dude, yeah. That's such a good movie, man. I love. I love. I don't know if I've seen that it, actually. Dude. dude, really? I don't think I have. Dude, you gotta go visit McDowell's, man. We were just talking about the Nuggets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but do you know the premise, right? He's coming to America. An extremely yeah. <laughs> pampered African prince travels to Queens, New York, and goes undercover to find a wife that he can respect for her intelligence and strong something. Like a strong character, most of yeah. what the biopsy says. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's got all these women trying to be like, oh, I'll be your queen, I'll be your queen. And he's like, no, nah, I will go to America and I will get to oh. my wife. And then he goes there with his buddy. And does he like and learn then, a lesson by the end? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, and he yeah. also finds his wife. So yeah, yeah. it all works out. All right, cool. Nice. All right. My last one, because you stole Forrest Gump. I'm going to take McFarland USA. That's another personal feel good one for me. It's a story about cross country and um, it's another kind of sports movie inspirational about like uh, how these kids from like an underprivileged school get this new coach and he kind of trains them to like be champions um, and use their kind of like 
perceived limitations as advantages and it's just again it shows it's a really good i feel like there aren't many good movies about like the love of cross country and as someone mm-hmm. that loved cross country it was cool to see that in in a narrative film so i just i really like this one a lot and what, it's a, what was that one called mcfarland usa i don't think i've ever seen it it's pretty good I was going to make a joke on one of mine. I was like, my feel-good movie, American Psycho. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I didn't. Look All at right. that lettering. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that freaking <laughs> flat business card. All right. All right. Ready for patron shout-outs? Cue the Epic Star Wars music. Boosh, we got patron Lori, Frank, Rick, Lisa, Evan, Tony. Thank you so much for pledging the tier to get you the shout-out. If you like to support us over on Patreon, the link is down in the description. You get the audio episode early, special benefits, cool perks, all that jazz, and more. Thank you seriously, sincerely to our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you guys, yeah, um, sending us to support uh, throughout the year. Seriously, really appreciate it. Yeah, all right, ready for cool comments? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, we had a ton of really... A ton of people comment on our Avatar 2 versus Pose and Boots 2 um, mm-hmm. sequel showdown. Uh, we had, it's almost at, uh, it's at 360 views, and, which is like pretty good for our YouTube. And um, in the comments, we had a lot of people giving their thoughts on, on these movies. So thank you guys. Uh, please comment on this one. Blow it up. Anna Kataiza said, I would agree Puss in Boots is better. The directors created a distinct identity for the film as a sequel combined with the beautiful animation style, depth of the story's message about living a meaningful life and Puss's character arc. The film makes for a better sequel than Avatar 2. Not trying to hate on Avatar 2. It's spectacular visually, but I vote for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And yeah, I agree with that consensus. Consensus. Oh my gosh. Uh, I will say this. I did see Avatar 2 again uh my family yeah and imax and well imax and 3d and i gotta say one seeing it in 3d does give it that extra depth i know a lot of people just can't do that but like right but do you should you have to rely on 3d to make a movie perception good you no, know? no no but i'm saying yeah, it yeah, adds yeah, yeah. to it a lot more like you know what i mean and two things did become a lot better on the second viewing like a lot of the, like the arcs with characters and like gotcha. the relationships that's interesting. That opens up a whole debate of like kind of kind of picked up yeah, easier. That that's interesting because like that you could argue then that Avatar Two is more layered because it takes multiple viewings for you to like fully grasp like maybe a more complex story versus Puss in Boots Two because we got it on the first go. Maybe it was like more simple, but it's catering towards kids. So like, does one make the other better? I don't necessarily think so, but it's just an interesting he, well, thought. I I I I, I want to favor that argument, but. At the end of the day, if I have to watch a three-hour movie yeah, twice, true, I could have watched literally. Puss in, how long was Puss in Boots? Like an hour, hour and, a half? and forty, maybe. If you speed run it, <laughs> an hour forty. Yeah, you get you can watch it like five, six times. The time it takes to watch Avatar two twice. True. So that's that's uh, it's 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 a lot. It's just a lot of time commitment. Yeah, but again, also you know I, mean? I feel like a story isn't necessarily like merited by how long it tells to take it no no no. Um, it's, it's again it's largely based on like the pacing and how yeah. well the story keeps i think up. yeah we've as a society we've been so um, like conformed to like this is how a movie should be and paced out and i think james cameron is trying to do something slightly different in mainstream which is just interesting that shaking it up yeah, yeah. i don't know just all interesting things to think about life human psychology all that stuff bam Boosh. yeah all right uh, ready for the introduction. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> we just talk about whatever we want to talk about, and now we're done. Blah.
Thank you so, so much, everyone, for listening. We seriously, really sincerely appreciate it. We'll be back next time. Mm-hmm. I think next week the Oscars are supposed to get announced, and we, we might do an episode where we like run through that and do our Oscar predictions. I'm not entirely sure. Also, thank you oh, to goodness. everyone. We just hit 70K on TikTok, um, which is mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. incredible. Dang. Thank you, seriously, for all the support over there. Uh, yeah. Also, if you want, check out our merch store. We've got some merch still going up. Um, yeah, I actually really like this shirt. Hold on, let me show off the back again to our video uh, viewers. Boosh. I don't know if you can see it. Looks so good. It's a cool design. It actually does. Go buy it, please. It I, I need to look into, because the one on our website does not have this arm thing, but I really like the arm one, but it, just might, it might jack up the price a little bit. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get the arm thing on there without jacking up the price. So we will see. All right, we'll be back next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.